Hello and welcome to another episode of Hi I Like Maths, which is all about how mathematics can improve our mental and intellectual abilities. So this is not a technical show. We're not going to talk about mathematics formulas or abstract stuff. We mainly discuss about problems, solutions, challenges, research and discoveries in the world of mathematics and its applications. My name is Linda. I am the host of the show. Uh, I completed a PhD in applied mathematics. I am maths educator and the founder of Bungie Pie, which helps children learn mathematics using storytelling, animations, and real life examples. It also helps maths teachers and schools develop numeracy, problem solving skills, and critical thinking of their students. Today, I'm honored to have Dr. Ron Fuchs, who is mathematician, uh, quantitative analysis, programmer, product manager, regional manager, CEO, consultant, director, investor, and photographer here. He's going to talk about life and education through Matt's lens. Let me give you a brief introduction about him first. Ron has built his career devising quantitative methods and creating analytical tools, mostly in the financial world. Ron has started his career building financial products for banks and from there moved to develop risk management uh, applications for banks and other financial institutions. His career led him around the world from Israel to Japan, UK, US, Singapore and Australia. He has also spent few years teaching computer science at James Cook University in Queensland. In recent years, Ron has been an independent consultant to companies, mostly startups and startup investors. He is also building up a career as a photographer. Ron is holding a bachelor in mathematics and computer science, master in applied maths and PhD in finance. Uh, welcome, welcome to uh, my show, Ron. I actually um, I wrote a booklet um, and I called it The Maths Mind recently, um, which I talked about the importance of maths in improving our mental and intellectual abilities. And I came up with a term called mathematic mindset, by which you can break any problem into smaller ones, provide solution to each, to each of them, and then you connect your solutions one after another to solve that and your original problem. This is what I called maths mathematical mindset, and you can apply it for any sort of problem. It's not, you know, uh, specifically related to maths problem, but that's what we normally do uh, for solving a, a maths problem. You know, that problem uh, solving mindset. And by the way, this is uh, free uh, to to download. If if anyone is interested, just needs to go to bungiepie.com. That are you? Um, so I'm I'm really interested in this mindset because I think it helps you dealing with life challenges, and that's something that needs to be started and ingrained um, uh, from from school. You know, when you start, you know, first encounter. Uh, problem solving and, and, and you learn it by maths um, and your creative uh, mindset. So I would like to know your um, mathematical mindset um, as a very experienced professional who has been working on a wide range of problems. Um, tell me um, how you see life through it. That is a tricky one because life has the part that is not always controlled by logic. 
That's true. And, and <laughs> I think the first thing we need to do is to define the problems that are within our logical mind ability. Because when I go and speak to a person or when I go and see a wonderful food and enjoy it, I don't think it involved my logical mathematical mind. So that's the part that I think we should be able to, because trying to apply this mathematical mind to other things, we are going up with Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory and a lot of other people. <laughs> and I think that this is not the purpose. Uh, so the first thing we need to identify, I think, which part, you know, and again, you ask me, why do I enjoy scuba diving or why do I enjoy photography? I think photography is a mixture of, of the two, but the enjoyment part has nothing to do with my logical mind or my mathematical mind. So, so I think the first thing is to separate and to understand which of the problem that you have is a problem of, uh, that requires this type of mindset, the mathematical the mindset, as you call it, and which does not. And I think it's important to know not to try to use the wrong mind for the wrong problem. The problem, however, that we have is that the non-mathematical mindset, or I feel like, or it's, it really, it feels correct, we tend to use for where we need actually, we really need mathematical mindset. So that, that's where the problem is. So, uh, so me as, as, a, as a mathematician, I, I know, okay, this is the mindset that did mathematics and this is the, state that does not need it. The problem is that I see that a lot of people where mathematics is needed still try to use the, what I call the pre-1915, pre, oh, sorry, pre-1500s type of mindset. So really, if you think most of our problem solving nowadays, most of our issues, we really don't think about them very differently than the way that person pre-Galileo, pre-mathematics, pre they thought about him in the 15th century and before that. Um, and you see it all the time. Let's, uh, let's talk about something which is quite uh, um, hot topic these days, and this is global warming. You're right. So global warming, you know, I've had discussion with people that say it's always been like that. It's people that come and say, it's no it's never been so bad and then i come and ask the people how do you know what are your basic axioms what is the data that you are using what are the assumptions that you are using and this kind of thing normally it's there isn't so everybody will just come and quote some kind of article in the fake news that they read or in the real news that they can't, they can't even tell or judge. And they have really no argument except that I believe that it's always been like this. And that's the reason I'll find the argument that it's like this and I find some excuse to explain it. And it can be with something that I agree with or disagree with. Or I believe that, you know, the world is coming to an end because of global warming, because of climate change. This is my strong belief, and that is the reason that I'll find the researchers that support this, and I'll use them to justify my opinion. So, the mindset is to try and figure out what is probable to be fact. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be 
uh, an expert in you know in every field definitely not in you know climate change i don't know much about climate change you know not a climate change scientist but the question is what tools do you use to form an opinion on something that you are not an expert because it's it's impossible to ask you to be an expert in everything let's say big government against small government evolution against uh, creationism you know i'm i'm not a biologist right and uh, so how do you form an opinion how do you try to figure out what are facts when the facts you know what to believe in and this is you know I, I, probably it's not the place to start explaining here the the, the entire methodology but this require a very particular mindset to try and find out what is the underlying facts right what are the underlying assumptions how do you move from fact and assumption to conclusion so there is a whole and it's not that i end up always right that's completely you know i'm quite often wrong but i had a way to test when all of a sudden the fact that something proves me wrong or proves some of my assumption wrong i know that there my assumption i know that it's a underlying data i can change and change my conclusion based on that mm. and this is something that i think it's very important because let's say with the covid i must admit that i was extremely wrong about the covid for the past right. and then new data start coming new assumptions start coming my conclusion the logical process stays the same how do you move from axioms and assumption to conclusion that stays the same but when you change the underlying now of a sudden say okay i was wrong here let's check it let's come to a new type of conclusion right. and i think this is the mathematical mindset it's basically you have a process you have a same assumption you have facts axioms and how to move it and when something changes you re you reprocess so you get closer and closer to something that is likely to be right unlike the normal what i say the pre-scientific way of thinking you know what is right and then you just pick up the facts in order to justify uh, to justify that you are right and it doesn't matter and you just toss away the other facts and then you ignore everything and whatever happens in the world it doesn't change your conclusion and i think this is something which is really really important and and you know and i mean i'm quite active with you know with climate change with and and to see people uh, that it doesn't matter it's just it's bad for the business climate change so there's no climate change or some other people that believe that climate change is basically we're reaching the end of the world and again and no facts can change their so basically the this the process of using fact is for justification and not to come to conclusion and this is for me the scientific mindset or the mathematic mindset mm, great what are some pain points of being a professional successful person so tell me about the um, problems you've been facing so far <laughs> the bigger ones <laughs> okay so here here we have a bit of uh, when you say okay professional i suppose we all know and uh, okay and i suppose that i'm professional in the sense that i you know did work and got money for that but successful it's very difficult definition you know for some people i'm very successful you know but what is the criteria of success let's say financially for bill gate i'm not successful 
artistically probably for Picasso are not successful uh, you know for Buddhist from happiness level are not successful so I, I'm not really um, I'm, I'm not really sure that I know a good definition of success except for uh, some kind of a feeling which is subjective so I think it's better to try to know, look um, more like as a professional rather than that that's that's a bit uh, a bit easier i think to define mm -hmm. and i think the main thing is i really wanted to be a scientist not necessarily an academic scientist but i really wanted to be a scientist and and actually when i started i was very close to a scientist you know like i was an analyst i looked at data look at opportunity built so there is a lot of part of scientific world and for many years I try to avoid management. Right. And I find that the pain point is that as soon as you're successful at something, you're trying to be pushed into management. Right. And uh, is that a particular reason why you were, were trying to avoid it? Or is it just like it, it wasn't? Because that's not what I like doing. Ah. You know, like uh, it, it, it's one, there is a huge difference between writing a program and managing 100 people who write programs. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there is a difference between going and to a client and analyze the problem and find a creative solution to the problem to basically managing the commercial and having a team of 30 consultants that basically run and, and, and do this kind of thing. So, right. so the question is, what do you like? And if you like solving the problem, and you know, solving the technical problem, it's not that management is not challenging them, it's a completely different type of challenge. That's and, true. Uh, and the problem is, I find in the corporate world, that if you become good at something, they want to do to manage it. And, yeah. and for me, it was very difficult because I kept fighting against it. And eventually, when I felt fighting against it, I had to resign and move to a different place that agreed to take me as a, on a non-management role. And, and, and that's a continuous fight that you want to focus on what you do, and people want to try to promote you to management, which I consider to be, you know, I like that, you know, it's more money and it's, you know, more, a better reputation and stuff. But uh, so eventually I gave up and right. became a manager. And, uh, you know, I went all the way to become a CEO, but uh, this was never my passion. I always fell back into, I really want to solve this kind of technical problem. I want to understand this formula. I want to create a formula, create a process for that. Oh, great. So I think for me, the main problem was that um, uh, it's, you're getting further and further away, the more, the more, you are promoted, the more uh, senior you become, you're getting further away from what you're passionate about. Right. Mm. I get that. And it's very challenging, right? If it's, if it's not, you know, your cup of tea, you, you don't feel comfortable with it, uh, you know, because this is literally two different styles and it requires different skill sets. Um, so and, and even if you can do it, the question is, what do you enjoy? You know, if uh, you enjoy sitting and solving a problem or enjoy talking to other person that, uh, you know, that or you need to present somebody else's solution because your job is to get money out of the solution. It's a, 
it's, yeah. it's a completely different it's, it's a completely different um, and some people love it and some people are very good at it and and I've you know and you definitely it's a very important and, and role but I think it's that it's not my cup of tea it's not what I'm passionate yeah. about yeah, no, I do get that. And I think most scientists are like that anyway. So they, they like to, to, you know, to be in their um, in their own world and dealing with all this, you know, thinking, um, creating. That's that, that's something that they do value. And putting them in a completely different role, as, you know, dealing with people. And so I know some mathematicians got freaked out of, you know, uh, see people. And if, if they meet, like, more than five people a day, they start getting crazy. I know such people. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be. I know some mathematicians that can be, could be very good managers. Yeah. I don't think I was very bad either, actually, I must admit. But uh, I just, but, and I think that the mathematical mindset thinking, the way of, thinking clearly about the problems about uh, I think it helps a lot in management as well so yes. I can definitely see it's very beneficial scientific or mathematical mindset uh, I think it's very helpful in management uh, but management is more than that or it's it includes this plus a lot of other things so um, I, I don't think they are mutually exclusive at all but uh, I think they're basically help each other and I think that eventually it's a matter of passion more than a matter of abilities because I know yeah I know you know the the scientists that uh, cannot communicate with personal stuff like this you know it's a, a stereotype but I know mathematicians that can communicate with people very well and on the other hand I know managers who cannot compete communicate That's with true. people and they're not mathematicians at all yeah yeah no I met so many of them <laughs> I am I'm, I'm personally quite an odd one as well because I love talking to people and, and I love that social you know aspect of you know being and talking with you know being in social social environment and you know connect with, with people. I, I do enjoy that and I'm a mathematician as well. <laughs> Yeah. And you're stop you're you're building a company now. So you're <laughs> yeah. going to end up to be a business person as well. Because you have to love the talking to people and you know, advertise um, I will market your idea, market your product. That means you should love it, otherwise you're not gonna be successful in it. Um, that that's how I look at it at least. Um, and I think, you know, at um uh, when you um tap into the business world and um communication and, and connection is something that you enjoy. Uh, this is this is how I perceive it, <laughs> so, and and I like that anyway. All right, cool. So, um, what would your advice be to your fourteen years old self? That's going to be your next question. I think it's, it's a direct continuation from the previous one. I think it is find what you are passionate about, stick to it and be as good as you can. Mm. And because look at that, look at nowadays, you know, like successful people, you know, successful people, you can, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you study accounting, okay, so you'll get a job, you'll be an accountant and for the rest of your life and you can do that. Are you passionate about it? But if you're really passionate about something, whether it's, you know, writing the best book, writing, but passionate is not enough. You're passionate and you decide, you make a decision to become the best you can at it. 
that's what I'm trying to do with photography now. You know, okay, I've been doing it for two years, but uh, it's not enough. But the whole idea, you have a passion, just be the best at it. And if you are the best at it and you're really doing well, I believe that you will find a way, uh, you'll find living, you'll make living there and everything like this. Uh, but then you're never going to regret it. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm looking at a friend of mine, like a childhood friend of mine, right. who really liked reptiles. Right. So he, until today, is one of the leading reptile researchers in the world. He never even actually, the guy never finished actually any kind of academic degree. He just became completely passionate about reptiles and found his way as a reptile uh, expert around the world, going, working for zoos, going for, for working for research institution, for a medical institution and stuff like that. You know, I, I, you know, I have a friend who used to love uh, uh, flowers and stuff. And I just discovered after years and years, it was a primary school friend. After many years, I discovered that he has a very successful nursery. And I discovered for somebody completely different, you know, some kind of a, from a Japanese friend of mine that basically is uh, interested in gardening. So the person is worldwide known for a particular type of uh, plants that he sell around the world and stuff like this. And, and I think, find what you are passionate about, do it and do it the best you can, be the best at it. I think, I think that's the most important thing. If yeah. you manage to do that, I suppose that um, your ch chances of success are much better if you do something that you don't like and you do it just because you think it's, there's money there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, sometimes um, I do I do believe in that and, I, and I'm kind of, you know, um, I think I've been following my way um, through my, my interests and uh, my passions so far and I found it fairly challenging. So it's not an easy thing because it's, it's something that you, you constantly need to work on and build that up and stick to it. Um, and you know, life um, can throw different things at you to stop you, you know, there, there's so many roadblockers around. But if, if you really believe on the things that, you know, um, inspires you and you think that you can handle difficulties and challenges, um, I, I do think at the end of the day they're worth it. But um, but also, I know so many people, and met so many people. Actually, you know, talk about their own interest, their own passion, but they um, they never putting any effort, uh, you know, toward that direction. And you know, just because of safety and security, just because of you know, making money, um, you know, they 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 try to kind of stick to uh, what they've, you know, pretty much what they've been paid for, rather than what they're actually passionate about. So yeah, it's, I think if if you could have a world um, in which uh, people could you know could do exactly what they were really interested in and um, you know building up um, kind of a life around it, um, I would I would say we could have have quite a, a more progressive society uh, and more enjoying uh, life um, at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm quite aware of time, um, but I'm going to ask this last question um, because I, I would like to know if you have any checking rituals um, you would like to share with us. I, I'm not sure that ritual is the right word, but I definitely, I make sure that whenever I do something, I keep checking myself 
periodically why I do it and that I don't do it just because I started and I forgot uh, to stop. And I keep checking all the time where could have gone wrong. Because, and, and, and this is, I keep putting myself and say, has anything changed in the assumption? Do I know things now? Have I done anything? Because it really scares me. I've seen people, individual, I've seen companies, I see countries, you know, like societies do the same thing. You know, you start with an, a certain path and the path become your path because you started it. And it's become a self-perpetuating um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you an example, and I don't know if I should give an example, because this example, because it's getting to politics. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I think it is relevant, because it's, it's a way of thinking. Right. When Howard, in the late 1990s, decided that he wants to follow the American model and move from a bit more socialist Australia to much more capitalist Australia, and it doesn't matter if you agree with him or not, he had something clear in mind. America at that time was a great model because they were, looked like they were successful, they were prosperous, they, you know, they were the leading country, etc. And he decided to try and copy, and, and copy that. Now, whether you agree with it or not, it's irrelevant. We are now 20 years later, a lot of things have happened in America. So, the question whether we should keep following the American model, seeing where the American model led America, it's definitely a question that we should ask ourselves. You know, maybe we say that we like where America is today and we want to become like that. Or maybe we say, okay, now we know much more about America and maybe we should reconsider. I, I don't give for any answer here, but I say that things, underlying assumption that America is a sure model to copy because they are doing so well has changed. So our Thinking should be re basically considered. And that's what I do all the time. But we don't reconsider because we started this path and this path continue. And I don't know for how long. And this is something really important. Something changed in the world, changing the way you did the world because of what you did, because external event, it doesn't really matter for the reason. You have to keep checking yourself all the time. Don't stick to something just because you are really, because you started it. And I think this is my probably ritual. Keep looking at the at the um, what you're doing. Keep looking at the underlying assumption. Keep looking at the facts, and keep checking if what I do makes sense or not. Mm -hmm. And if not, change it. I'm pretty much sure I have you have a lot of things to do, so I'm not going to take that much of your time, more of your time. So. I really appreciate the time you, uh, you know, um, you, you set it up for our chat um, and to be part of this show. Um, I'm pretty much sure uh, you quite a, you have a lot to say, so I would like to invite you more even to join this this uh, this show again and uh, you know talk about more interesting stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was a pleasure. People, thank you for listening to another episode of Hi, I Like Maths. Um, if you think you have anything interesting related to mathematics and its applications, please contact me on admin at bungiepie.com.au. Uh, please subscribe to our channels at uh, YouTube, Spotify and iTunes. Till the next episode of How I Like Maths, be a maths lover.